It is Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show. We're about to get into our Bible study. As always, we're going to have another clue for our quiz, followed by what you had to say. Who am I? I am the son of Enoch. So we know this person is the grandfather of Noah, the father of Lamech, and the son of Enoch. And he was mentioned in Luke's genealogy, but not Matthew's genealogy. Genealogy of Christ. So, 0491-064-669. The prize to win this morning or this week is the Revive Cafe Vegan Cookbooks Volumes 5 and 6, which, okay, let's, let's get the, let's get the sheets back up. Let's have a look. If you want to be able to make, this sounds hectic, raw zoodles. I have no idea what that is, but kind of sounds like noodles, but with a Z, but I don't know. Is this a Kini noodles? Maybe. It's with a Z. It's Zoodles. Zoodles. Yeah. With a Z. With a Z. Yes. R- okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and honey grilled fruit. Oh, I think I did that one. Uh, let's see, let's see. Um, oh, I did watermelon pizza. Mango and chai dessert. Uh, I think it's some kind of like pudding. Ooh. That sounds nice. It sounds amazing. 0491-064-669. Hey, I know we already had our grateful section this morning. Yes. But I'd like to do another one right now. Okay. I'm giving blood. Oh. um, At 12 p.m. today as a result of Monica's coaxing. In fact, I made an account and then she sat beside me after the show because she talked about blood on the show a number of times, giving blood. Um, I sat across from her and she's like, uh, she's like, hey, Lawson, what's the password to your... Red Cross account. <laughs> and she made an appointment for you. Yeah, she made me an appointment. And it was funny because I made the account while I was, I was actually, I made the account on air while she was talking about it. It was really cool. Like I made an account in literally two minutes. Um, and then she's like, Oh, what's your password? And, Oh, I was about to tell everyone what the, what the password to my Red Cross account was. <laughs> There'll be lots of appointments there. Uh, because it's actually, it's actually really, it's funny, but. Ne- ne- never mind. Uh, I'll change the password and then I'll tell you what it is because it's funny. Uh, but hey, 0491-064-669. Tell us about, you know, your experience giving blood and uh, yeah, give blood. Give yeah, blood. absolutely. It's a fantastic thing to do. It's something that Shell does um, on a semi-regular occasion. Yep. And um, and Monica does quite a bit. You know what well. the worst part is though? Do you know what kind of blood type you have? I don't even know. Okay. Um, but you know what the worst part is about this? Even though it's all really fantastic and great. Me and Monica were supposed to go to, together, and now she's ditched me. Ah, she yes, you got to go by yourself. Me. She cancelled her appointment. Uh, she's like, you know, dealing with some health stuff right now. So I'm like, yeah, fine, whatever. But you know, it's such a stitch up. Now I have to go alone. Yeah, she's probably got COVID or something. Right? Yeah, and I'll like, you know, leave the blood appointment. I'll be like swerving all over the roads, you know, from dizziness and crash my car. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, don't drive if you like that. <laughs> Get somebody to pick you up. Yeah. All right, let's get to our text messages. Let's hear what you had to say this morning. Uh, somebody says that the apps for cows are very interesting. They've been practicing on humans for a very long time. Looks like they have achieved it. <laughs> there you go. So apps have been controlling humans. Now they're controlling cows. Wait, actual though. You know when you have Google Maps and it's like, hey, you have like there's a, there's a crash this way. So you should go a different direction. You know? How do you know there's a crash yeah, that way? Yeah, that's right. How that's do you a, know there's just not Google we, Maps just, just lying to you? You don't know. You don't. Because you go that way and it's like, well, you didn't know whether there was a crash there or not. Yeah. And there might be a crash there, but there might not be. I don't That's know. Right. You didn't go. You know, if there was cyber warfare happening, I mean, what do they do in, uh, like, the Ukraine? Does, does somebody hack Google Maps and send the Russians all the wrong direction? 
mm. or vice versa? Well, actually, there are a number of countries, and act- this recently, very recently, the last month changed in South Korea. For the longest time, you couldn't get accurate map data for South Korea in Google Maps. In fact, on any maps website other than like specifically South Korean companies, because they, yeah. They copyrighted their, their country. No, not even copyrighted. They just scramble it because it's like, it's copyright, one thing, but secondarily, you know, they they don't want North Korea to know. Right. Okay. Uh, there you go. But re- very, very recently, they've finally released map data to They probably Google. figured, well, you know, North Korea's got it anyway. Yeah, yeah. They've changed. All right. UV protection for roads with old tyres. This has been talked about for a long time by scientists. Great idea for the use of the billions of tyres discarded yearly. I wonder mm. if the roads will become bouncy. Oh, that'd be sick. So softer roads. That, but the thing so rather I think, than softer suspension, you have softer roads. The thing that I'm thinking, though, is, okay, when rubber gets wet, it's incredibly slippery. So when you – actually, when you race, in, in racing, right. um, when it rains – you actively don't drive or don't ride on the what we call the racing line. So so the track has like a... Because the racing line has got lots of worn-off rubber that's yeah. worn off onto the track. That's right. And it makes it more slippery. Stay away from that. Now, it's less of a problem on motorcycles because, because you have such a small rubber footprint. Yes. Um, but in cars, like if you watch Formula One, like they actively avoid going on the regular racing line because it's so slippery. So this is why you'll see them hanging wider on the corners and that kind of thing. Yeah, when it when it rains. So like you'll see, you know, it's like perplexing. It's like, wait, why are you like two meters from the inside of this corner? Like, why are you so far out? But it's because it's a it's, lot more traction out there's there. There's more traction out there, and so I'm thinking, like, if it rains and the the roads literally have rubber inside of them. This could be fun for everybody driving a rear-wheel car. Oh, well, or deadly. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I'm thinking. But surely they'll come up with a solution to, to be able to sort that out. You know, the roads need to be safe. They would test that before they implemented it. Turn the whole of Australia into a drift track. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right, let's get, on, let's, let's get back to our uh, text messages. Okay, so this is an interesting one, Lawson. I'm going to – okay. Is Lawson actually looking for a girlfriend? Surely he would be a great catch for many Christian girls looking for a man of faith. That's so funny. So, so I think somebody is doubting that you're actually looking there, Lawson, yeah. because it's like great catch right here and nothing happening. No, so. you need you need to understand. My love language is neglect. That's, 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 that's what I'm that's what I'm doing right now. No, that's actually that's a fair enough question. But like I always joke about it on air, and the, I think the reason that I I we can have jokes about it is because I'm in a position in my life right now where that's actually not really a focus for me. I reckon yes. I'm, I'm like, I'm a young guy. I've got plenty of time. I'm, I'm doing my thing and yeah, get girls come and go. There's plenty, there's plenty of pretty Christian, amazing girls that I know, uh, that yeah, go to my church or other churches that are awesome and amazing, but I'm, I'm, I'm just chilling right now. So yeah, there you go. That's that's what I tell myself at night, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, that's why I'm single. I'm not looking for anyone. <laughs> oh, dear. Our number is zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Okay, Christ Commission to the Christians. Fifty six percent think it is not our job to tell people of other religions and think it is rude, etc. They really don't understand the gospel. There is no other name that you can be saved. No wonder that the majority of Christians won't make it to the kingdom. They must be getting their gospel from the news. Mm. Not sure where God will find the 144,000. That's yeah, heavy. Heavy statement right there. 
Anyway, uh, continuing on here. Um, what do we got? Freco says, in relation to sharing Jesus, as my background is a generational Adventist, I have also thought I don't have any testimony to share. But this year has shown me, has reminded me that I do. And God has been with Amen. me every day of my life. So this year I've started sharing how he has worked in my life, regardless of how people feel, mm. people will react. Go Braden. Praise God. That's actually, that is so amazing. If only everybody just did that. That's so incredible. That would be problem solved right there. And it's and it's interesting. He says, like, regardless of what people think, I don't think Braden is saying, oh, I just have absolutely no tact and I'm just, like, rubbing it at everyone's faces or no, something like that. No, you're not Bible bashing no, people. But it's like that he personally, this is something that he previously felt self-conscious about, that now he feels less so. And now he's like, okay, I'm not going to care about what people think of me. I'm going to look and find these opportunities to share my faith. And he has, and that's amazing. Yes. You have the opportunity to do that. Every day I do my best to mention Jesus, says Freco. Awesome. Uh, To at least one person. The only days I miss are those days I don't see anyone. Mm. Been doing this for more than 10 years, and guess what? It gets easier by the day. It has Amen. become a habit of mine. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised how easy it is to bring Jesus into a conversation. Mm. I find, especially for, for older people, they, they're just kind of less, less self-conscious about that kind of thing. Um, oh, I'm not calling Freco old, but I, this is just something that I realized recently. I was going out for a walk, and I saw this guy on a bench, and I just started to have a conversation with him. And I told him that I was Christian, and he told me that he was Christian. And then he just started going hard. Like, this is like quoting scripture, talking about how, like, God had worked in his life. And he was just so, like, so comfortable to have that conversation. Actually, no, sorry. He told me he was a Christian first, and that's when I responded I was a Christian. But, like, he was open and willing to have that conversation. And it was like, wow, like, this guy is just, praise, praise the Lord for him, just sitting on the bench in Newcastle, willing to talk to people about his faith. Absolutely. Do what he does. Yes, that's right. Just get out there and share Jesus with everybody that you can, whenever you can, in an appropriate way. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Raphael says, Lawson. What's up? You don't have plenty of time. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. You can always letterbox. (laughs) <laughs> That's what Bible workers that do, right? That is creepy. That is actual, like, because people would make that, I think, a personal thing maybe, unless, I don't know. I think this is that hilarious. Is, that is weird. That is, dude. We need to make up a brochure. Raphael, we need to make up a brochure. We need to get this guy sorted. <laughs> we, we, we will letterbox on his behalf. That's All right, so we'll, we'll, we'll get this problem solved for you. Let's go to our Bible study. Let's uh, where are we up to? Genesis chapter thirty-four. We must be into chapter yeah, thirty-four. Well, we? we just we just finished the diner incident. Yes, we did, and so that was pretty serious. That was pretty. I think we hectic. Was that thirty-four? Uh, I, I believe think, that was I think, thirty-four. I think we're starting down at about verse thirty thereabouts. Mm. Okay, so thirty-four at verse thirty, the Bible says, "Afterwards, Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you have ruined me. You've made me stink among." Amongst all the people of the land, among all the Canaanites and the Perizzites, we are so few that they all join forces. If they all join forces, they will crush us. I will be ruined and my entire household will be wiped out. But why would we let uh, these people treat our sister like a prostitute? They retorted angrily. Okay, so there's a little bit of emotion coming into this and not a whole lot of reason if they'd have thought this thing through beforehand. 
they would have realised that they could have very easily, at this particular point, uh, Simeon and Levi brought destruction on themselves, um, had themselves killed, and their wives and children sold off as slaves, as the they had sold off the Shechemites' wives and children mm. as slaves. And so this is a really bad situation, and you're dealing with somebody who is just one step from being a Bedouin, one step from being a nomadic herdsman. His father is a nomadic herdsman. He's the first one of his family since you know his grandfather Abraham has actually bought land and built a house. Mm. And so it's precarious for him. Now he's going to lose his potential for him is to lose all of that. And you can imagine the other Canaanites around the place, like, wait a minute. They were our tribe. That's our people. Mm. Mm. Those are our homies. Mm. Our friends. Yeah. yeah. And they just got all killed by these guys. Yeah. And they're small and they're weak and they're tiny, but they're also wealthy. Mm. I mean, talk about target painting a target on your back. Yeah, well. So Jacob is feeling very insecure at this particular point. Let's keep reading and let's see what happens. In 35 and verse 1, Then God said to Jacob, Get ready to move to Bethel and settle there. Build an altar there to the, to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. So this is what happens as a result of all this. Mm. Jacob loses his house. Mm. He loses his land. Mm-hmm. He loses his stockyards. He loses his stables. He loses everything that he's built. Mm-hmm. He's got to move. And he's going to Bethel. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Why go to Bethel? And what does God command him to do when he gets to Bethel? Build an altar. Okay, so he's going to Bethel to build an altar to worship God mm. and for them to uh, surrender themselves to God and to renew the covenant. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's, let's continue reading there. It continues in verse 2 and says, So Jacob told everyone in his household, Get rid of all your pagan idols, purify yourselves, and put on clean clothing. We are now going to Bethel, where I will build an altar to God who answered my prayers when I was in distress. He has been with me wherever I have gone. So they gave Jacob all their pagan idols and earrings and buried them under the great tree near Shechem. As they set out, a terror from God spread over the people in all the towns of that area, so no one attacked Jacob's family. Okay, let's stop here for a moment. Let's see what's going on. What is it that Jacob's house is full of here? Pagan idols. How did that happen? Yeah. Did he have pagan idols? No. Yeah, it doesn't say. No, he didn't have pagan idols. Well, basically, um, when... Simeon and Levi raided Shechem, they would have True. taken all of that stuff captive. Yeah. And a lot of that stuff would have been very, very valuable. Oh, yeah. It's like gold and... Gold and silver and precious stones and it would be a significant part of the loot. Mm. And the Bible mentions the jewellery, which is very clearly in this context pagan jewellery. mm and this is the wealth. This is how people in the in ancient times displayed their wealth. This is how they traded with wealth. They actually wore their wealth. There was no such thing as coins or currency in those days. Mm. If you had wealth, you would wear it. And, and you know, we find in a in a chapter or two further on, you know, we talk about some trade issues that are taking place, and we actually find that yes, they are trading backwards and forwards using their wearable wealth. Mm. And so. You find this situation where, yeah, Levi and Simeon have gone into Shechem. They have uh, killed everybody in Shechem and stolen all of the wealth of Shechem. And yep. a lot of that wealth is associated with pagan idolatry. 
And uh, how much good does it do them? Uh, very little. It's buried under a tree. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to dig up that hoard. <laughs> yeah, dude. Not because I'm interested in the pagan gods, but because I'm interested in the archaeological uh, significance of what you would actually find. Yeah. And it's also worth lots of money, which would, which would be... Which would not be a bad thing. Which should also, yeah. Like, think about how... Like, I, I don't know. Do you get money for valuable things that you dig up as an archaeologist? It's not like being a treasure hunter. Yeah, that's right. I'm not sure how that works. Yeah. Maybe somebody who knows. Do they just, like, does the government just seize it from you? Well, the Israeli antiquities authorities would have a lot to say about it. That's right. Mm-hmm. I think in some countries where you dig up a hoard, uh-huh. then if it's on your property and or you had rights to dig it up, mm. then you can profit from it. Yeah. But I'm not sure about Israel. Yeah, that's kind of like opaling in Australia. Like they kind of there's like restrictions about like you know your mine their mine your land their land kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. So maybe maybe it operates like that. Like somebody who knows needs to give us a call or send us a text message. How does it work in Israel when you find a treasure hoard? Yeah. Who gets who gets who gets remuneration for? Surely that? it's finders keepers. Come on, yeah. it, it was buried there thousands of years ago. Melt it down and turn it into gold bars. Well, sell it off. I wouldn't melt it down because that's what—that's how it would lose value. <laughs> the thing that gives it value is the fact that it's probably, firstly, solid gold, and secondarily, an old, you know, ancient thing of worship. But at the same time, melt it down because it is an old, ancient thing of worship. You know, we're not idolaters here. But anyways, <laughs> there you go. Okay, so he's going back to Bethel. Now, what was it that happened? Do you remember what happened in Bethel before? Uh, oh, was that where he saw the face of God? That was where he saw the ladder. That's right. Okay, so this is where he saw the ladder. This mm. is where his conversion experience took place. Mm. And so basically what God is saying is go back to the beginning. Mm. Go back to where it all started. Wow. Recommit your life to me and get rid of all this stuff. So they've stolen all this stuff out of Shechem uh, and now they bury all the loot under a tree. That's tough. I'm sure they would have taken a bunch of other stuff too, but all of the very highly valuable things, you know, has to has to go in the bin. Well, everything that was involved with idolatry, everything mm. that would separate them from God, mm. and you can see here that Jacob is actually leading his family as the spiritual leader yep. in the direction of the service of God. Mm. He recognizes that they have wandered far from God, and as a result of wandering far from God, his family has now committed some terrible atrocities. Mm-hmm. And if his family is ever going to succeed, if the promises are ever going to be fulfilled through him and his family, they all need to get back to God. That's right. And so he's like, okay, this is where I met with God. Mm. And God has now called you to go back to where I met with God because God wants to meet with you there as well. Yeah, he's prescribing all of them that experience. Well, God is commanding him to do so. Yeah. But yeah, giving them the experience of finding God. And what's also interesting about the idolatry that you know was involved in his family at this particular time, if you go back to the story of Laban and Jacob, when Jacob leaves mm-hmm. the service of Laban and more or less sneaks off, mm-hmm. Rachel steals all the household gods out of Laban's house. Mm. And so when you look at this northern family of Abraham, they're not worshippers of God in the same way that the southern family is. Mm. They have very much included the local gods amongst the worship of Yahweh. They're still worshippers of Yahweh. Yahweh is still there. The true God is still there, but they've they've assimilated. Mm-hmm. 
into the local culture and the local gods. Yeah, and it's like, what would motivate them to do that? You know, that's my thought. And I I believe, like, one of the biggest reasons would ultimately be social, right? Because that's the reason that we, that we do kinds of things, those kinds of things today. Sure. It's like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't do this thing that's probably bad for me, da, 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 da. but, oh, it's it's... It's social in nature. Everybody else is doing it. And, you know, my next door neighbor gave me this gift of a god, whatever it might be. Yeah. And so it would be kind of rude to get rid of it and just to, you know, destroy a gift. You know, mm. there's a whole slew of different reasons that could come up as to how paganism crept in. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Awesome. Give us another clue for a quiz. Oh, yes, sir. Okay. Who am I? I live to be 969 years old. That's a decent age. The single oldest person in the Bible. Recorded. Recorded in the Bible. Yes. Yep. 0491 is the number to call or text if you know who this is. If you do, you can go into the draw to win the Revive Cafe Vegan Cookbooks Volumes 5 and six, and you will learn how to make, let's see, Ash, uh, oh, I already said, that. oh man, my eyes just fixate to my favorite ones, even though there's like so many recipes on here that just sound amazing and epic. You can, you should be able to make, uh, refreshing tofu spring rolls. That sounds awesome. And this other thing, I don't know what this is, Lyle, maybe you know, it's guttle guttle. No, Have you, you ever me. heard of that before? Never heard of it. Apparently, Maybe it's a New I, Zealand thing. I f- I've heard of this, but I've never... I don't know what it is, but I feel like I've heard the name. If you know what it is, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. And yeah, that prize will be being drawn in just about 15 minutes' time. So get ready. And if you don't know what it is, just win the cookbook and make it. Then you can make it for us. And then you, you can invite know, us over. know exactly what it is. All right, coming through on the text message, uh, somebody says here, I was filling out a legal form the other night when it came to the email address. I was alerted, you started this from a previous time. Happens I forgot. It was four years ago. Secret question came up. Who is your most admired person from his, admired person from history? The lawyer helping me said, do you remember? I said, yes, Jesus. He paused a bit, taken aback and said, are you sure? I said, yes. Who else would it be? With my framework of friends or others, it's clear to me to mention the name of Jesus, and most people run for the hills. The Vatican is a classic, classic example of the decline of true, true faith and spirituality. More than ever, we need a voice for Jesus, a world that definitely wants God out of existence. Please bring back the conversation to the conversation to the schools. The children are spiritually starved and overfed with transhumanism. Mm. It's coming through from Paula, so... It is so true. And you know what was interesting listening to the history that Eliza was sharing of the Celtic church in Great Britain, Mm -hmm. that the power of that church was in their educational institutions. Wow. You know, there's no greater force or power than education. Mm. Uh, Because with education, you are working with the next generation. And it's the next generation that defines what the future is. Mm. You change the education system, you change the entire nation in one generation. Mm. There is no greater force than working with young people. Parents and teachers are the most incredibly important people that we have uh, in existence right now, and we always need to remember that. And particularly for those of us who are, you know, either uh, teachers or parents. Mm. Okay, another text message right here. Did you were you going to say something? You took a deep breath right there. Gado gado is Indonesian salad with peanut sauce, and I'm just looking at photos of it, and it's making me so hungry. You put like tofu and all kinds of 
epic yeah. stuff. Man. Sounds amazing. Anyways, what were you? Gonna oh, say? I'm getting, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting text messages uh, on this one as well. <laughs> Coming through here, Gado Gado is Indonesian. Ah, uh-huh. Rika, epic. So I want to try some. I just, I probably have. Uh-huh. Because I know lots of Indonesian, but I probably have, but didn't know what it was. I'm like, you know, fellowship lunch, put some of that on your plate. Yummy Ooh, salad. Yep. Okay, another text message is Satan used Jacob's sons to do these atrocities as a way for the others to destroy Jacob's family, destroying the link to Jesus. God put his fear on the population around them to save them. The bigger picture and God's grace. And what's interesting here is that God comes to Jacob and God says, go to Bethel, go back mm. to where it started, and get rid of your idols. As soon as he gets rid of his idols, God puts fear on the other nations around Wow. And, and I don't know how that worked. I mean, maybe you've got an idea how that worked, and maybe you can share it with a 0491064669. You would not think that it would be they would fear Jacob because of his military prowess. <laughs> no way. How and why is it that they are fearing Jacob? Jacob. It could be the the I guess the supreme sense that God is with him in a way. Um and, and we don't necessarily see the logistics or the exact yeah, the, the, the mechanism. The mechanism in which how that happens. But w- what we do know is uh for example, like the story of Gideon and, and whatnot where you know oh sorry, the story of Elisha. Uh, where they open the eyes and they see, you know, the Lord's army surrounding the camp and that's why no one will attack because it's like they're all surrounded and protected by angels. And, yeah, there are a number of stories like that in the Bible and a number of stories, you know, I've heard in recent history, um, amazing stories of, like, missionaries going into areas to share the gospel and, like, almost being killed by, like, cannibal tribes and, uh, you know, then the cannibal tribes being deterred by, like, what they saw, like, yeah, warriors in white garments, like, stuff like that, like, amazing stories from doing missionary uh, work. And, like, that. I think that story was from PNG. It's a guy, I know, his grandfather. Um, but, yeah, it could be all kinds of things. But essentially, like, they know that God is with this guy and they're not going to attack him. Mm-hmm. That's That's what we see. That's exactly what's taking place. Let's go back to our passage here that is under question. Why don't you read for us a few more verses? Where are we up to? We're up to verse 6. Okay, keep going. The Bible says eventually... Go down to verse 12. All right. Eventually, Jacob and his household arrived at Luz, also called Bethel, uh, in Canaan. Jacob built an altar there and named the place El Bethel, which means God of Bethel, uh, because God had appeared to him when he was fleeing from his brother Esau. Soon after this, Rebekah's old nurse, Deborah, died. She was buried beneath the oak tree in the valley of below Bethel. Ever since, the tree has been called Alon Bakuth, uh, which means Oak of Weeping. Now that Jacob had returned from Padam Aran, God appeared to him again at Bethel. God blessed him, saying, Your name is Jacob, but you will not be called Jacob any longer. From now on, your name will be Israel. So God renamed Israel. Then God said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. You will become a great nation, even with many descendants. Kings will be among your descendants. And I will give you the land I once gave to Abraham and Isaac. Yes, I will give it to you and your descendants after you. Okay, so this is, you know, Jacob obeys the voice of God, which would not be easy to do because when he leaves, you know, the Bible doesn't say that he sells his house. He doesn't, you know, sell up and and, and move on. He just walks out. 
He's peace. Put the keys in the door and walks away. Uh huh. And he goes to Bethel. And he gets rid of, you know, he has, digs a big hole and buries all of the household gods. Uh-huh. So he's making a full surrender to God. And when mm. he makes this full surrender to God, God does two things. Number one, he protects him. Mm. People are afraid of him. Number two, God reconfirms the covenant. Mm. And number three, he reconfirms his name. Mm. He's like, no, you're called Israel. You know, I know a lot of people have been calling you Jacob and everybody says Jacob and all that kind of stuff, but your name is actually Israel mm. because I've changed you. You're a new person mm. and uh, the covenant now belongs to you. Um, <clears throat> and, and, and so this is what is taking place here in relationship to, you know, to Jacob and to his family. Interesting story there that you know, some of these landmarks, like certain trees and so forth, 400 years later, are still well-known well landmarks in the time of Moses when he's writing mm. the book yeah, and are still known by those names. And he mentions the fact that, yeah, that's, the tree's still there and it's still known that's by the tree. That's the tree of weeping. That's really famous. Yeah. yeah. It must have been a big tree by that time. Yeah. So we've got some interesting stuff here. Uh, text coming through on the text line, have you ever been fearful for no particular reason? God can and does do that to stop them killing Jacob and his family. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Could easily... Um, have taken place exactly like that, mm. just a supernatural fear. Because the Bible gives no mechanism by which that fear came. Mm. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Anna Beden and Kemi Ogendi. But right now, it is time. To, to spin, to spin the wheel. Lyle, are yes. you ready? Let's uh, spin it. All right, let's, let's go. Oh, can, we, can we hear the spin? Oh, there we go. Do you hear that? It's, ca- it's like counting, you know, the, the wheel spinning around. And no way. No way. No way. Let's Who go. Who is the winner? <laughs> we have a winner. We have a winner. We have a winner. It's a girl from my church. <laughs> Shout out, Yana, for winning the prize. We're getting her on the phone at the moment. But oh, that's so bad. okay. I I swear that was. So what was it? What was her name? <laughs> Yana. Johanna. Yana. She's amazing. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. I think we've got Yana there. Yana, are you there? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah. Of course. Congratulations on, on oh. winning. So. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. We. I. I promise it wasn't rigged. I didn't do any of this. It was all Shell. It was all producer Shell. shell it's all producer Shell. It's so congratulations. I am looking forward to, um, you know, church, oh, so am I. I'm, church I'm, lunch in the next couple of weeks. I'll be, I'll be over at uh, University <laughs> Uni, Uni, <laughs> Newcastle Uni Church. So, oh, congratulations. Hey, how are you feeling, Johanna? Are you stoked? Yeah, I'm a little bit, wasn't it? Sort of regretting a little bit after I entered this because I don't know which one it was, but when I entered this morning and then I heard Lawson saying, oh, yeah, you know, it's because we'll use it for, like, church lunches and everything. So now I'm feeling like, okay, the pressure. So I'm going <laughs> to... Yep, that's yep, it. that's it. The, <laughs> pre- know, the pressure is it. on. That's right. That's the, right. The pressure is on. You, you're going to so be cooking there. the accountability is there. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Wow. Hey, you had a I thing. think this is the first time we've had a local person win a cookbook. Is that right? Yeah. I think we've been sending them all over Australia. But this is the first, uh, time, this is the first time we've had someone. Well, the breakfast show is based up here in Newcastle, That's and, right. and we, uh, yeah, I've got a Novacastrian out here getting it done. But right now, it is time for question of the day. 
Okay, I got a pretty straightforward one here, Lyle. Yes. Uh, <laughs> good luck. Uh, what did Paul mean when he said women should be quiet in church? He said men, he meant women should be quiet in church. This is a very plain statement. You can read it straight there in the Bible. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 34, let your women keep silence in the church. Mm. It's pretty plain, isn't it? Do we need to read any more than that? Uh, well... You know, we would be betraying like every, every rule of of, of literary analysis if we did it. But I mean, if, okay. you, if you don't want to, all right. So here's the here's the first principle you need to look at. First of all, you cannot build a doctrine on one Bible verse. The second thing is that when you have conflicting Bible verses, where you have one Bible verse that is out of character with what the rest of what the Bible says, then you need to look for some additional context. Now, what you're going to find is that what Paul states here to the church in Corinth only applies, you only ever hear this in relationship to a Gentile or what was a Hellenistic or Greek church in this particular era. And we're going to find that there's some cultural context to that. You see, in the Jewish churches, this this command was never given. In fact, in the Jewish churches, you have the complete opposite. In the Jewish church, well, the Jewish church kind of had two levels. You had the synagogue, which is where everyone went on the Sabbath day, which is pretty much the equivalent of our weekly church service. But in the Jewish church, you had a higher level of the than the synagogue, a place of much greater importance and much higher level of holiness. Mm. And that was the temple. And so just as one example, you could bring up the, uh, the dedication service of Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. Who was it that spoke at the dedication service of Jesus in the temple? Wasn't it a lady? It was Anna the prophetess. Mm. It was Anna who speaks in the temple at a worship service, as a part of that worship service, and delivers probably the most important part of that worship service of on that day. Wow. Okay, so the Bible is very clear that you know there's um, more than enough opportunity for you know women to speak up in church and to participate in worship services and to deliver a message in a worship service. Mm. So why does Paul make this statement right here that women should remain silent? Okay, to understand this statement, you need to read the context of the whole of chapter 14. And the whole of chapter 14 can be summed up in the last verse, which is verse 40, where it says, let all things be done decently and in order. And so Paul begins chapter 14 by talking about people who come to church and speak in a foreign language. Mm. And he says, if you're going to do that, have someone interpret. And then he addresses people who speak over the top of other people. And he says, if you're going to speak, do it one at a time. Mm. And then he speaks about, you know, people that are prophesying and, uh, you know, Verse, let me see here, verse 31. Uh, verse, uh, yeah, verse 31. For you may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be comforted. Don't be prophesying altogether. Verse 33. For God is not the order of confusion, but of peace, as in all the mm. churches of the saints. Let your women keep silence in church, for it is not permitted for them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also says the law. Verse 35. And if they will learn, let them ask their husbands at mm. home, for it's a shame for a woman to speak in church. Mm. So why does Paul make this statement right here to this particular church, which is out of character with the rest of the Bible? The answer is very simple. These were Greek churches within the Greek culture. Uh, women were second-class citizens. They were not third-class. They were one class above a slave. They were uneducated. Mm. When you look at the Jewish system, you find that in the Jewish economy, the Jewish constitution 
young girls, peasant girls. I mean, Jesus' mother was a peasant girl. Knew well, They were literate. They knew how to read and write. They had property rights. They could have their own money. They could have their own land. They could have their own business. They could be a head of state. They could be all kinds of different things within the Jewish system that you could not be in the Greek system. Mm. And so when you've got uneducated people in the church who don't really know what's going on and suddenly the sermon goes way too deep, Paul is saying, look, if the sermon goes too deep for the illiterate people in the church, don't be speaking up in the middle of the sermon. The sermon will lose its flow Mm. and it will confuse everybody else. Just ask your husband about it when you get home and he'll be able to explain it to you because he can pull out a Bible and he can read it to you. Mm. And so this is what Paul is talking about right here. This is not a command that all women universally everywhere can never be a part of a worship service. Lai, you ready to end the show? Yeah, why not? Okay. Spend some time with Jesus today. Stay tuned to Faith FM uh, for Tazzy Encounters, but also mm. spend some time uh, with some private time with Jesus, just you and him alone, uh, reading your Bible, studying your Bible, uh, joining up with a a faith group of, you know, um, let it give us a call right here and we can connect you with a small group or with a church or with mm. um, a Bible worker. Anybody that can help you to understand the Bible better is always going to. And being just being able to study in the, with somebody else is always a huge blessing. As you go through this day, do not forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.